Hello, my name is Ed Frawley, and today we're going to talk about training the place command. This 18-minute podcast is taken directly from my four-hour DVD titled Basic Dog Obedience. If this podcast and the information that's in it helps you, and you still have questions on obedience training, you may want to consider getting this four-hour DVD. Being able to send your dog to his place when guests knock at the door or when you're eating or watching TV or working on your computer will quickly become your favorite command. The concept of this command is to teach a dog that he has his place, either a rug or a dog crate or a specific spot someplace. And when told to go to your place, the dog must go to his spot, lay down, and not move until he's given a release command. In effect, the place command is four commands in one, and that's how we train it. We break it down into the following commands, a send away, a down command, a stay command, and a release command. We recommend not training the place command to an older dog until it has a solid down a reasonably stable stay command, and it knows his release command. We also like the dog to understand the foundation of marker training. So when we begin this work, the dog knows we're trying to talk to it. When you have worked with your dog at a motivational drive level, after a while, you're going to see your dog recognize the fact that you're trying to teach it something. You will see it want to understand what you're trying to teach it. That's when training really gets fun for both of you. So now, let's watch Cindy work the foundation training on the place command with Brooklyn. Brooklyn was our four-year-old Malinois female who unexpectedly passed away several months after we filmed this video. It was a real loss for our family. She was a great dog. Our goal in training is to make the place command a fun exercise for our dog. We want his place to be the spot where he can go and relax. He'll learn to relax there because he respects the rules of his pack leader and he knows that he does not have a choice in this matter. We accomplish this initial stage through marker training. Once the dog understands the exercise, we will add distractions and then corrections that fit the temperament and drive of our specific dog. Marker training begins after the handler has selected a target item for the dog to go to. We want to use an item that the dog feels comfortable in laying down on, an item that he knows. In our home, we use the Learberg imitation sheepskin rugs. These rugs are soft, our dogs love to lay on them, and most importantly, they can be washed. We have four or five of these throughout our home. With that said, I need to mention to you that you can have more than one place in your home or apartment that your dog can be sent to. In this training, we'll teach him to recognize a consistent target and he'll then learn that he has to go lay on it whenever he's told to. We start our training with the dog in our front yard on a 20-foot cotton line. You can do your training wherever you wish. You will see that once the dog understands the game, it will go to wherever you place the target. Now, the first step 
in this training exercise is to teach the dog that there's a value in just going over and touching the target with one of his feet. We do this by encouraging the dog to move towards the rug. The instant his foot touches the target, we mark that moment in time and drop a food treat on the rug. It's important for you to remember that the treat comes from the rug and not from your hand. We want the rug and not your hand to carry value for this exercise. In the beginning, we don't expect the dog to lie down or stay on the rug. That's not important yet. We only want the dog to recognize the fact that going to the rug results in a treat and praise from his handler. We start with the dog close to the rug, three or four feet away. If your timing and your praise are good, you're going to be surprised how quickly your dog picks up on this. It becomes a game for him. We teach this to eight-week-old puppies. Once the dog learns to touch the target, we then expect him to go get all four feet on the target before we mark and reward. All this work is done with the handler standing three or four feet away from the target. Up until this point, we have not been giving a verbal place command when we send the dog. But as soon as we see that it's starting to understand that it has to move to the rug and stand on it to get his reward, we begin to say place as we release the dog. At first, this means nothing to the dog, but with repetition, it acquires a value or a meaning. It's also around this time that we begin to add the down command once the dog gets all four feet on the rug. In the beginning, we only expect his stomach and his elbows to touch the rug before we mark the exercise and reward the dog. We don't expect any duration to the down at this step in training. With repetition, you will quickly see that the dog starts to anticipate the down as it gets to the rug. At that point, stop giving the down command. Just mark and reward the behavior. When we can consistently send the dog to the target and have it down three times in a row without giving a down voice command, we're ready to add duration to the down. At this point, after the dog goes down, I use a soft, encouraging voice command of wait to keep the dog in the down. I try and put anticipation and inflection into wait. This anticipation builds drive and focus in the dog. In the beginning, the duration of the down is only increased by seconds, not minutes. We intermittently vary the duration. In other words, one time we will expect the dog to down for three seconds, and the next time seven seconds, and then two seconds, and then ten seconds. Mix it up so the dog doesn't start to anticipate the length of the duration of the down. Another point to mention is that food rewards are still being tossed to the rug after the mark. It's okay for the dog to see and understand that the food comes out of your hand 
as long as the dog has to pick it up off the rug. I personally try and toss the reward between my dog's feet as he's laying down. You're going to start to see your dog anticipate every step of training. Remember, anticipation is a stage of learning. It means that your hard work is paying off. So don't correct the dog for anticipating your command. Rather, guide it into what you want it to do or repeat the entire exercise and then mark and reward the behavior that you want when he gets it right. It can often be difficult for new trainers to tell the difference between anticipation and intentionally trying to do something else in refusing to do an exercise. Refusal of a known exercise requires a correction of some form. How much and what type of correction varies from dog to dog and situation to situation. This is something that you will learn as you gain experience. To help you in this process, I recommend that you read the article I wrote titled The Theory of Corrections in Dog Training. Once we get our dog doing a 30 to 60 second down stay on the target, then we add distance to the send. In other words, up until now, we've been sending him from three or four feet. But rather than send him from four feet, now we're going to send him from 10 feet and 15 feet and 20 feet. Our goal is to be able to send the dog to his target from across the room in our home. During this stage of training, we back up the duration of the down to make that part of the exercise easier while increasing the complexity of the other parts of the exercise. In other words, we're making it harder because we're sending him further, so we're not going to expect him to lay down as long. Throughout your career in dog training, this is the approach we take in building training steps for any exercise we're trying to train. In other words, we build upon each training steps but we only increase the complexity in a very little bit of each step. And sometimes we have to back things up to increase the complexity of the next step. So it comes down to sitting down and really thinking about where you are in training and how you want to organize your training steps to fit your specific dog. In following these principles, once we consistently can send the dog to the target from 20 feet away, we then go back and add duration to the down. To try and add distance and duration at the same time will only lead to confusion and problems. We want to keep things black and white for our dogs. It's easier for them to understand. When consistency returns and we can send the dog to his place from a distance of 20 to 30 feet, you can always drop the leash and step back another, another 10 feet. Then it's time to step out of sight of the dog once it goes down. Going out of sight simulates you leaving the room when the dog is in his place. Once again, we're adding complexity to the next training step, so we reduce the duration of the down by only staying out of sight for a few seconds. We step out of sight, count our seconds, and quickly mark the moment and go back to our dogs to reward it. During training, we make an effort to go back to our dogs more times than we call the dog away from the target. Some people will tell you to never 
call your dog out of a down state. We don't think this is necessarily true for pet owners. We just try and go back more times than we call the dog out of the down. Out of sight duration is built in seconds and not minutes, just like duration for the down is built in seconds, not minutes. It's also done with intermittent time variables. By this stage of training, the dog should understand the basic meaning of the exercise, and you can begin to think about adding corrections if the dog gets up before you give the release command. Now, that does not mean that you take the dog's head off for breaking a down. It simply means that you have to administer some form of a meaningful correction. And a meaningful correction is one that the dog remembers the next time it thinks about not following a pack leader's command. Obedience training is only effective when the dog respects the commands of a higher ranking pack member. If the dog does not respect the consequences of not minding, then it will never reach consistency in its training. When we reach this stage of training where we go out of sight, it's always helpful to have a second person with you who can let you know if your dog gets up when you leave or when you go out of sight. This greatly improves your timing for your corrections. In our home, we use remote collars, and the second handler will actually give a collar correction if the dog gets up. Again, this is not a I killed you correction. Usually, all that's needed is a low-level stimulation that says, hey, Get back down there and stop thinking about leaving your place. My personal dog can be put in his place in our home and we can go to dinner and be gone for hours. He will not move while we're gone. He looks at it like it's his nap time unless someone tries to come into our home. We've always had this deal, he and I. When I'm home, he must be friendly to everyone that comes in my home. But... He can kill anything he catches when we're gone. It's kind of a nice understanding with a dog. A point to mention here on another subject is we don't send our dog to a place where the target is out of our sight. This is our personal preference. You can do what you want, but we just don't send them to a place when we can't sit there and visually see the place that we're sending the dog to. We also try... And always have a bowl of all natural treats somewhere near his target so we can reward the dog even after he's fully trained. I know there are trainers out there that poo-poo the concept of always offering a food reward. You know, the way I look at it is that this is a relationship builder. My dog will consistently perform this exercise with or without a food reward. He knows, because I'm always consistent in my praise and corrections, that there will be some form of an instant correction for refusing to perform a command that he already knows how to do. So my feeling is that rewarding him or thanking him for doing what I ask him to do is not a bad thing. To those trainers that poo-poo it, I say, well, more than likely you're a yank and crank trainer and I will always have a better relationship with my dog than you have with yours. Now, back to the training steps. Once the dog is consistent in the out-of-sight down stays on the target, I will add distractions 
in more corrections to the program. This can be as simple as moving the target into another room or having a family member walk through the room or having a family member come into the room and sit down and start to talk to me. It's important to recognize the different levels of distraction and build from low to high. With my dogs, bringing a second dog into the house and allowing the second dog to run free is a level 10 distraction for a dog. Or if I come into a room and bounce a ball or toss a ball, that's a level 10 distraction. And that's not the level I start training with. We try and figure out what's a level one distraction and then move them to a level two or a four distraction and move up so that at the end of training they can deal with a level 10 distraction. During the distraction training, we have the dog wear a drag line in the house. The line does not come off until he reaches consistency in level 10 distractions. And in closing, by adding a consistent place command to your bag of tricks, you'll have added a tool that allows you to actually spend more quality time with your dog without having to worry about the dog jumping up and getting into trouble. This training section for the place command came directly out of the four-hour DVD that I did titled Basic Dog Obedience. If you find yourself learning from this podcast and would like to learn a lot more about basic dog obedience, go to my website, Learberg.com, and type in Learberg.com forward slash 302.htm. That's L-E-E-R-B-U-R-G period C-O-M forward slash 302.htm. And you can read about our DVD on basic dog obedience.